0: Hello and welcome back to the In The Round Podcast and welcome to part two of... Shit, that's not how it starts, is it? (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) Okay.
1: Uh, And joining
0: Will this week, like every week. I got it, I got it. Hello and welcome back to the In The Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will. And joining me this week, like every week, is Mikey Breslin. Hello. And Dave Harris, a.k.a. Pigeon. Oh, my God.
2: Oh. <laughs> well, i tell you what, I was already fired up for Norwich. Now I'm,
0: no, I'm bloody furious. <laughs> um, so, what, what's Dave referring to? So, last week we gave you the first half of our review of um, the Premier League season, giving grades to all the teams. And we're back with the second half. Um, so, without any further ado, let's move on to... Last season's dethroned champions, Manchester City, who were second with 81 points. City feel like they're a really hard team to grade. Is that just me?
1: Yeah, I agree, Well,
0: Oh, you agree. Okay.
1: Um, I'm I'm kind of with you as well, because second's not a terrible season, but it kind of is a terrible season, the way it's gone.
0: So City's problems all season... They didn't replace company. They lost Sane and Laporte to injuries. And they just sort of never recovered. However, they are miles better than the teams below them. Mike, for you, what is your biggest disappointment with City this year?
1: Well, we spoke about it before. It's just they're defending. (laughs) It's just so frustrating. They've, they've obviously had problems at centre-back. They probably, With company leaving, they certainly should have bought another centre-half. Um, ben Laporte getting injured just exacerbates that problem, which draws Fernandinho out of his role, which I would argue is probably the best in the world in that, in that role that he plays for City. So Rodri comes in to try and replace him. It's his first season in the Premier League. He's still adapting. And whilst he's been decent, he's he's not as good as Fernandinho is at at breaking up the play. Um, So City have been pretty vulnerable on the counter. Mm. Um, They've still scored loads of goals. What is it they've scored?
0: Yeah,
1: 102.
0: Scored 100 for three three seasons running. They've scored 100 goals now. That's incredible. That's unbelievable. They're Mm.
1: still fantastic going forward. They still dominate Pretty much every game they play, it, they've just let themselves down at the back, um, and that's why eighty-one points is quite a long way down from where they were last year.
0: Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Key problems for City: couldn't loop, not recruiting another centre back meant they had to drop Fernandinho back, which means that even Fernandinho is not as effective in the middle as he once was. But he's a he's a step above anyone else they had and they suffered in the transition every year it's no coincidence that teams that thrived in the counter attack with real pace like wolves do you remember remember Adama Traore absolutely murdering them at the Etihad and united as well they really struggled with them um but that being said i feel like this is another case almost with the bournemouth where we've been spoiled with how absolutely all conquering and brilliant city are that mm-hmm. even a flawed city team is is better than I think some teams that in the past that might have won the, won the league, for example. Um, Dave, how do you feel about this City season? It's a, it's a weird one.
2: The way this Man City team plays, I, I love watching them play. And that's still been how I felt this season. It's more a fact that they've actually, for I'd say the first time for the last couple of years, they've actually been a frustrating team to watch. Like, uh, however, accident they are, you know that they're sort of masters of their own downfall, which isn't isn't something you've really had to take into account in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, there's been injuries. Uh, Laporte, obviously, a huge mess. Yeah, and really, I know Sane was injured, but I felt Mares and Bernardo Silva that both did brilliantly. I feel the real problem here for them was defensively. Uh, I don't feel he ever really nailed down. Fullbacks really throughout the season yeah he was always rotating um so yeah it's a weird one they've they've still scored over 100 goals they've got 81 points but for this man city team and how we've seen them play you can't act like they've had a brilliant season um no. because frankly to lose nine games a team of that quality is it's almost unthinkable how they've played the last two seasons
0: true and it is it is probably an indictment on their recruitment that they go into this season, they go into this transfer market looking for another fullback. Like, you, Benjamin Mendy, although he was one of the most promising fullbacks in world football when they bought him, he just hasn't panned out and the injuries have massively affected him and he's costing City games and it's a real... And I think not... They, they didn't buy correctly in the summer and it's a massive... It's been a massive problem for them this season. But with, again, with all that being said, how do you grade this City team? Because you expect them to challenge for the title. They didn't really challenge for the title, but they were way better than everyone else. But it still has to be a disappointment. So my question for you is, it, it's B, C or D, which one?
1: I'm saying a C. I've got a C as well, I think.
0: Why, why a C and not lower?
1: I think just because they're still really good,
0: <laughs> yeah, possibly.
1: they are still really good. Um, it's a position lower than they would have wanted, mm. um, which for some other teams would have been enough to get them a D. But I think I don't know. Maybe it should. No, I think I think a C is fair.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not even going to argue. I think a C. I agree. I think a C is fair. Um, just a quick.
1: Is, that is a tough one, though.
0: Just a quick note on um, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, De Bruyne. Um, I know we gave Mane our Player of the Year when we did the season so far. Um, I retract that fully. Since the since the restart, Mike has been proved 100% correct. He was. At, he continued to be outrageous. Tied Tyrion Rees' assist record. Was absolutely far and away the best player in the league by the end. Yeah, brilliant. He's he's a brilliant, brilliant player. Brilliant. And I think I want to see City recruit properly, and I want to see them and Liverpool go at each other in a, a proper title race next year, in which they lose to the Billy Gilmore-led Chelsea FC. <laughs> <laughs> um, player of the year, lads, don't forget. Um, so, Mike, you can take over again, because we're going to talk about Manchester United. Manchester United. these boys. Bit of a roller coaster season. Talk us through it. <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, we were terrible, then we were pretty good, Uh, and then we finished up okay, still unbeaten for about 15 games or something stupid, so we end up third, Um, not really sure how we ended up there to be honest, (laughs) I'm also not too sure how to grade this, because for a lot of the season, you've heard me on here, slating all sorts of people,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but it's it's probably just about a good good season by the end of it. Yeah, Bruno um, obviously coming in's changed our fortunes pretty much. Three sixty, well, one eighty is probably a better
0: three sixty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not a good one. <laughs>
0: um, okay then. So coming into the season. I thought to myself, United are losing a seventy. United have lost Lukaku's goals, but by the end of last season, he's not really starting to play in the team. He's sort of out of it. So I wasn't as worried about that as I was for some of the teams. But I thought to myself, right, it's probably going to be probably Liverpool City, then Spurs, and United in the top four with Leicester challenging. That's what I thought it would be. So for United to get to the Champions League, for me, feels like the feels like the bare minimum. Um and where I would penalise United is um they never developed a style. They just their style is give the ball to Bruno and see what he can do. And that's how Bruno thrives and that can be successful, but I, I would have liked to have I would like to have come out of this season with United if I was a United fan, we're in the top four and I know I can and I've got a clear roadmap for how we're gonna improve.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think there, there obviously are some positives. Maguire's been solid-ish, I guess. I think he's million. been good. Yeah, I, th- I think he I think he's had a bit of, bit of a hard time from a lot of people. I think he's been better than they've given him credit for. Wambasak has been pretty good. Dude, we're going to have to work out what to do with De Gea, whether you, you stick with him or bring Henderson back. We'll see what happens there. McTominay's had a good year Fred's come on a lot as we mm-hmm. said although we haven't seen much of him recently Man. Matic has been fantastic um, when he got back into the team I think he's one of our best players go out on a limb <laughs> with that one Um has been I... decent
0: <laughs> oh, sorry what?
1: Pogs has been decent since lockdown
0: uh, are you feeling okay though Mike?
1: yeah not really That was was a that was a sentence up there with Liverpool have been fantastic that I hated
0: saying. (laughs) Good lord. Um Dave, how do you feel about United? To be honest, I think
2: the way the season ended and how they played out after the restart, I think it was quite quite positive in the end the whole season. I wouldn't say so much, but I felt as a neutral watching Man United after having earlier claimed to be a Palace fan on the last episode. Just I'm a neutral this time. Um, it was like watching the old United team, I felt, the way they attacked with such almost like freedom. They just wanted to express themselves watching Rashford, Martial, Greenwood, Bruno Fernandes, Pogba tear teams apart by the end of the season, they were a joy to watch, um, which for, a, for a team, uh, how they've looked at other points with Salkshire, I'd say it's a credit to him because with most of those players, especially the front three that I've mentioned, he's, he's basically coached them and matured them into the players. They, they have been this season. Um, but having said that there's still a few alarm bells with United, especially defensively, but I, I, Probably look to give them a B. I, I would say.
0: Okay, I think I feel like I feel it with United. I feel I've got to apply sort of the ruling I did to Arsenal too, in that parts of the season were really bad for United, really bad, and I want to I want to factor that in. But parts of the season were absolutely brilliant, and in Fernandez they they recruited absolutely is a masterstroke. I don't care how bad the deal was financially i don't care he was he was the right player at the right time and i think that they're exactly where i expect them to be um the two runs of form the both the bad and the good almost cancelled themselves out and i just think they're a par i think they're an average a C. I think that's perfect for them if if, if i knew exact if i knew exactly how they're going to play next year i fear that that maybe could convince me to be like oh well i've seen progression in other parts of the pitch um to give him a B, but I can't give him any higher than that. So there's B, C, Bres the deciding vote?
1: <laughs> it's not going to be the BBC. It's a, it's a C from me. Uh, yeah, th- This is they pretty much needed to get in the Champions League. That's what they've done. They were awful in parts, very good in other parts. There are some positive signs. Uh, so, hopefully we can be a bit pick up a few more points next year and probably finish third or fourth again.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so, all in all, pretty OK, okay season for them. Um, moving on to another team, um, Newcastle, Joel Linton's boys. Um, I don't really know how to feel about Newcastle because obviously they're um 13th with 44 points, which is one point less than last season. But going into the season... I had them paid for relegation. Um, I thought Steve Bruce was a a slightly dodgy appointment. Um, I thought Sam Maximan's going to be a really frustrating player to watch. Um, I didn't like their recruitment. I, I was worried for them. And they've all sort of, they've panned out okay, haven't they, Dave?
2: Yeah, I'd say they've panned out okay. I'm not sure. Again, it's felt like Palace if if the people at the bottom aren't total idiots is this team setting up and I'm not sure they the I think one thing with this season is everyone acted like Benitez had pulled off a miracle. Yeah and I think all Bruce has proven is that it wasn't as much as a miracle as people had it down for. Um I'm I'm not even sure if Bruce has done even exceptionally well. It's just compared to what people were expecting from him, and people wrote him off from the start. So it's not hard for people to be like, "Oh, he's done well," because they were expecting him to get relegated, and he's not done that. He I, stayed I, up comfortably in the end. I,
0: I think I think that is a good job, though. I think in the context of Newcastle, if you, I thought they were going to go down. Like they, they didn't yeah,
2: look I, good. I agree. Like, I also they just didn't look good.
0: Down. So. And to be comfortably third, I know I get what you're saying about. I get what you're saying about the teams at the bottom being bad. I mean, they're 10 points ahead of Bournemouth who eventually went down, but they they were comfortably safe for most of the season. And although they're the worst team in the league to watch, and I would, and as soon as I see Sky put on Newcastle versus a big team, I want to blow my eyes out. But I, I, they, they're still a good job. Um, I guess the only negative is they spent a ton of money on a player that was heralded by some... Up and coming football writers as the new Firmino, so I, I guess I, I guess that's the I guess the only question this season over recruitment, Mike.
1: Well, I'm just pleased to be being called an up and coming football writer, to be honest. <laughs> that's, that's big news. You've got to. So, yeah. her <laughs> <laughs> um, that one clearly didn't work out. No, at all. And they where spe- well, they broke the transfer record on him. Um, so Maximan. He looks, looks a be, good player. He actually looks a good player. He looks really good. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't even remember who else they brought in. But in general, I would say this is probably above where I would have put them at the start of the season. I still don't particularly like most of their squad. No. So, and given all the stuff behind the scenes and that the fans hate hated Bruce when he came in, I think this is a pretty good effort.
0: I think it's yeah. Dave? Yeah,
2: I just I just want to put this to you quickly. Who do you think was Newcastle's top scorer in the league this year?
1: Dwight Gale.
2: Fabian no. Shaw. No.
0: Own goals? <laughs> no, but Worthy Shaw. Was it was it Sean Longstaff? No. Owner of the greatest non porn name of all time. we? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, John Jo Shelby scored six, and then Amorin got four. Maximin got three, and no other player got above two.
0: Here we go! Thank God for the coronavirus pandemic and cancelling Euro twenty twenty, because otherwise I'd have to be sat here for another summer with the tournament coming up, with everyone going, everyone going, why is he taking, why is he taking this promising young player from a top six club who'll never play, and why isn't he taking John Jo Shelby, who is obviously the great white saving grace of the. Of the English national team. Jonzo O'Selby is fine. He's a perfectly fine mid table player. And I just, I'm glad he's had a good season, but thank God we don't have to argue about him for England again for like the 10th summer in a row.
2: Yeah, I, I think with Bruce, uh, finding the long staffs, to be honest, was pretty, pretty good. It's yet to see if Matty will stay um, or if Sean will pursue another career, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> honestly, well
2: to find those players.
0: honestly, imagine the signing bonus If he just turns up at one of these companies Like the name Sean, Sean Longstaff <laughs> Longstaff by name, Longstaff by nature
2: Anyway, that's enough of Will's <laughs> Outside of football ideas Of what could be going on um, I think with Newcastle The more I think about it it's I thought an A is too strong. I'm going to go with a B. It's
0: a B. It's not an A. Yeah, it's
1: definitely a B, I think.
0: Top, top half would have been an A, I think, personally. Uh, wrong line, my pants. Or... Yeah,
1: yeah. If they'd finished where Burnley finished, that would have been yeah. pretty unbelievable.
0: Be um, like,
1: just I'm, uh, I'm going to be worried for them again next next year.
0: Yeah, me too. I'd, I'd like to see them go down next year, as I would every year. Um, <laughs> Dave, you've been saving your voice for this one. It's oh the Norwich, god, twentieth with twenty-one points, the worst defensive team in the league. Take it away. Well, I'm going to start you off with
2: something that I've been looking at that's been amusing me for for over an hour now, really. So, I'll, I'll give you new Nor- i said Newcastle. Norwich's three top scorers in the Prem this season. Team Puki got eleven. Even though it seemed he got Even though it seemed he didn't score since like November. Like he got, November, he got eight, eleven. It? Todd Campwell got six. Do you know who do you know who's joint top scorer? Joint third top scorer? Max Ahrens? No, own goals, because no one scored above one. No one. That's wow. how poor this team was. This team, we talked about Centurions. If you gave them five seasons, I'm not sure they'd hit 100 points. How bad these idiots are!
0: Yeah, good lord. What? I I can't get over it. I can't get over how poor this team was. Why Why were they bad, Dave? How were they bad? Tell us. How how. were
2: they bad? I I respect the fact they tried to play nice football, but sometimes teams at that level have to look for football that's going to work and get you points. They They went on a bad run and they did nothing to reverse it. They They went twice. 10 matches without a win twice in the same season. What what's he saying to the players there? Just go out and do the same shit this week again. Oh, just I was watching this team. There's promise in there. Jamal Lewis, Max Aaron, Max Aaron's, Godfrey, and Todd Cantwell, four good young players. The rest of the team, Pookie. Yeah, maybe maybe he went back to Finland and they put out some random bloke for most of the season because you know what happens to that guy. Dia seems a bit of a gem, but what's the point when no one can finish? Frankly, he could have created three hundred chances for that team. They'd only probably scored forty goals this year. Absolute waste of time. Waste of time. The the transfers. I don't know if I can bring myself
0: to even put something together uh, on, about the transfers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get to the transfers, because that's a whole separate conversation. I know me, you and Mike don't agree. Um, They've just not, quick, just my quickly. thing is,
2: 21 points, you're not even competing. Like, at least give a go. They, they didn't do that. It's so, just embarrassing all round.
0: So, Brez, Norwich playing away in which, like Dave says, was tactically naive. Um, it's going to result in them getting slapped. Um, However, me and you, our expectations for Norwich, I know we've talked about this before, is that they were going to go down and it's all about establishing a long-term style and sustainability at the club. So with that said, are you particularly surprised by how the season panned out for Norwich?
1: Um, Not particularly. They've probably got a few less points than I thought they were going to get. Uh, I thought they'd have picked up a few more points given, didn't they win the league last year? In the championship, that is. Yeah,
2: they they did.
1: So, we know how good Sheffield United were. We're going to get onto them in a moment. They were better than Sheffield United last season. Obviously a different league.
0: Um,
1: Yeah, I guess naive is the word, really. They never changed their style, which, to be fair, I don't if you want to stay up, then you can go and play like Sean Dyche. But I think Norwich are trying to build something for a few years' time. So if you will stick with the manager, you stick with your director of football, Stuart Weber, who is pretty highly rated. Yeah. Um, you come up, play the football you want to come up, sell a couple of your talents. So Godfrey probably gets sold this summer, Cantwell I imagine goes. Aaron's,
2: Aaron's maybe Lewis talent. to be honest.
1: So you sell three or four then you bring through a few more, try and attack the championship even next year or the year after with the parachute payments but suddenly you're in a much better position when you come up next time mm-hmm. to make a much better fist of it. Playing the style of football that you were playing the last time, you're just much better prepared. I don't think they were going to... I don't think their plan... They they might have stayed up almost by accident if they'd yeah. have, if it had uh, come off. It didn't come off at all.
0: Yeah, They've not conceded close, by far it?
1: the most goals mm. and scored by far the least. But yeah. what's interesting, a lot of people have been saying they're one of the worst Prem teams we've seen in a while, which I'm sure is how Dave feels about them. They actually got five more points than Huddersfield did last year.
0: Yeah,
2: um, well I can tell you what, if we'd had a podcast last year, Mike it would have absolutely destroyed Huddersfield too. I think,
1: they I think, they scored the same amount of goals they sorry, they conceded the same amount of goals as Huddersfield but scored a couple more.
0: Yeah. I still think I still think the worst Prem team I've ever seen uh, other than Derby is the Villa team where they went down a few years ago. Um but Huddersfield and Norwich I, I agree they're both the same kinds of abject, just terrible. However and at no point am I going to excuse how poor Norwich have been on the pitch this season. They've been shocking. The the players' mentality in the second half of the season, when it became clear they were going to go down, made things way worse. They were dreadful. Fark was one note tactically. You would at least have liked to see him try a few different things just to give them a different way of playing and maybe a different way of winning. Because, say, it doesn't matter what we like about, saying setting a culture, and I agree they're trying to set a culture and a style, a losing culture becomes very quickly ingrained in your club and it takes a long time for a winning one to come back. Like there's no guarantee that Norwich go down go down and straight away next year come back and remember how to win, Mike?
1: Yeah, particularly if they start the season with four or five bad results. Yeah. Suddenly Fark is under pressure and then your whole if it was the plan to stick with Fark and Weber, your whole plan is up in the air because now you're looking at surviving in the championship. We've seen mm. teams Plenty like Stoke, Sunderland. There's a lot of teams. Yeah, that have gone that. Huddersfield Wolves got well. relegated. Remember,
2: straight to League One.
0: So, with that being said, none we're all agreed that Norwich were really disappointing on the pitch. Um, Dave, you've got real problems with their recruitment, whereas me and Mike, I are mean, less worried. No, it's more.
2: It's more with the recruitment. I don't have a problem that they didn't go out and spend money because financial fair play and whatever is more important to these smaller teams than ever. It's more the fact that like they did very well in the championship, but it clearly wasn't, they played against the odds. It reminds me when Palace came up with Zaha and Glenn Murray and they just had two very good players. They had Puki hit 30 goals and Buendia get, I think like eight goals, 15 assists almost a carbon copy of Murray and Zaha. They knew the rest of the team was already relying on these couple of players standing out and they had a small squad and they didn't really look to even add any sort of quality to it at all. And that's really my problem. Like I don't mind teams having like a happy go lucky nature because of the, f- like, as we discussed already, there's no point throwing hundred million at it. If, if you don't feel that's what you need to do. In fact, that's probably the worst option you can do. But to not even try and make the team competitive is my real problem.
0: But they—they they, they,
2: weren't competitive, and they made no attempt to ever be but, competitive. But
0: did, did they not try? Because they—they beat—they beat a ton of clubs to Drimmich. Yes, it didn't—it didn't pan out. But they—they they bought him, and as we said earlier. On the last podcast, it's really hard for a team like Tottenham to find a replacement striker, let alone a team like Norwich. They also got Farman in. He didn't pan out, but he was the Schalke keeper last year. Duda, they got in, who in January, I believe, who's supposed yeah, to be a good Hertha. player. Supposed to be a good player from Germany. They they did go out and recruit on a very modest budget. And I know me and Mike are, me and Mike are of the... I know, not speaking for your Brez, but I know we've discussed that we were worried about a team like Norwich spending a ton of money and then going down and having to cope with the wages in the lower leagues
1: yeah um it's it's something a lot of teams have run into where they they take their shot to try and stay up and then they end up far worse off for it than when they when they went up mm-hmm. um with a few of the teams we just mentioned a lot of them are not going to make it back the way Norwich have done it in my opinion gives them more chance to build for another run at the championship, putting them in a better position when they come back up next time. That's that's the way I look at it. Um, one thing I would say, it's interesting they only got 21 points because you look at that Norwich squad, a lot of their players are going to be, there's going to be a lot of interest for a lot of their players. Like, singling them out, a lot of them are decent. Mm. But as a team, they were just horrendous. Godfrey, we said, Lewis, Ahrens, Cantwell, Wendia, probably no one will go for Pookie because he's older. They've got Tim Krull in goal, who's pretty decent, good shot stopper. It's not a terrible 11.
0: I think every single one of those defenders would benefit from another year in the Championship because, I, I because, wrong about that, but. because both fullbacks this year at times were dreadful defensively. Absolutely dreadful defensively. And I know Norwich ask different things of their fullbacks, and I know it's a modern game, but you like you can't de- you can't defend that badly. You can't defend that badly. like it, it was embarrassing at times and everyone keep- everyone is very excited about Godfrey. They're very excited about Lewis. They're very excited about Aaron's. I currently, as it stands, I think they're promising players. I don't actually think they're good players. I mean obviously obviously you have to be good to be playing in the Premier League. I'm, I'm not saying that they're not good players. I'm saying I-, I currently don't think they are that level of quality player.
1: It's also interesting that they're another team that can't defend set pieces either. Yes. Um, another thing I was wondering, fans-wise, is it better to be at the top end of the championship and actually seeing your team win, or being in the at the bottom of the Premier League getting tonked every week? I think I think this is where yeah, Dave well, it's might such know f- better than us. But Blues are never at the top of the championships. So Hilarious.
0: Not. But they My, but they did used to get tonked in the Premier League. This is.
2: <laughs> This is where my thing comes in where I think this season is as bad as I believe it to be. If you're a Norwich fan, you want them to at least give this a go and it became apparently clear that the board the team frankly didn't give a shit about they did not care and I, it was so I, I don't think I don't think that's fair <sighs> no I don't
1: think you actually hedge
2: their hedge dro- their I... heads dropped with half the season left. I Even think, by January, they were a defeated team. I think you can lay. I what think, sort of mentality is
0: that? I think you it's can.
2: I get. I get your point of building to the future, but you can't build to the future if one season is a total disaster. How do they recover from that?
1: Well, you're making big profit in that season.
2: Well, you can. You can recover if one. season... And okay, so they sell their players, players. They sell their players. Who do they build with? Because their players that were key to it have gone.
1: Yeah, so then they've got loads of money to recruit players that they can then sell again if they want to for a profit again. But why would you do that rather than trying to establish
2: yourself in the pram? But why spend a load of money if you believe that you're not? I'm not. Like, saying you're going to go down. A load of money. So Look what, at Sheffield United. They no, right. just Made a couple of smart signings.
0: So yeah, so not. We're going to get. They tried to do the same. They bought like they bought Drimidge. They bought a keeper from Schalke. Just because the signings didn't pan out doesn't mean that they didn't try to make smart signings. Just because They have to be smarter
2: than everyone else. Anyway, with this season, I think it was a total disaster. One of the worst Prem teams, and I know Huddersfield were bad too, but in recent years, one of the worst teams. I I can't see anything other than you, whatever you think about them, not expecting to stay up. Even when you look at the fact Neil Warnock's Cardiff nearly stayed up with a much worse team the season before, I'd, it makes it even worse for me. I I'd, I'd really—if there was a grade lower than a U, I'd give it them. To be honest, absolutely terrible, embarrassing. I think totally in, embarrassing.
0: I think I'd I'd give them I'd give him an E. But yeah, they've been bad on the pitch. But I've, yeah, I think. Like I I don't
1: I don't I don't blame them for it in particular.
0: I don't blame them a for not. Sp- throwing money at it and I don't blame them I don't blame them for the signings they made because although I've never liked Drimich I think on paper they made smart signings that improved supposed to improve the team and none of them panned out but that happens in football
1: yeah I'd I'd say an E as well
0: so that is an E for the mighty Norwich can't believe it's an E to be honest lads (laughs) no I'll tell you what, if they'd thrown 100 million at it and were putting out an incompet- incompetent team... I'm not saying that's
2: an amount I expect them to no, stand.
0: No, what I'm saying is if they put thrown 100 million at it, put out an incompetent team, couldn't do anything like the Villa, I'd have, given, I'd have been more harsh. But they weren't. Um, let's move on to nicer things, shall we, gents? Yeah, this should be a fun one. Sheffield United. Now, after the restart not as good because before <laughs> before the restart they were in the Europa League spots challenging for the Champions League which is ridiculous and in the end they finished ninth on with 54 points um taking into account budgets taking into account all the things we talked about in terms of coming up from the championship um Mike how big an achievement is this
1: I, th- I find it hard to uh compare it to anything it's uh, it's probably one of the most unbelievable achievements I've seen even for them to finish ninth I know where they were uh, and we penalised Leicester fairly harsh for that but we're not going to do the same thing I don't think with Sheffield United it's, a, it's an unbelievable unbelievable season despite their struggles since lockdown Top half with that team on that budget. I mean, I don't I don't know that there's many people that would have predicted that I had them basically being what Norwich ended up at. Yeah. At the start of the season. So it shows what I know. Thanks, Chris Wilder, for that.
0: Um I think the difference between them and Leicester is um Leicester were slightly outperforming the expectations where they were, and where they were. where they were. Um, whereas with, with Sheffield United, went into the season thinking uh, they play such a weird way of football, they're probably full, can full enough Prem teams to um, be comfortably safe. But we're talking like 15th at most. And the fact that they're top half um, is ridiculous to me. Well, was was ridiculous until it stopped being ridiculous. I think Chris Wilder. Um, I know. I know Jurgen Klopp is is by consensus manager of the year. I, I think Chris Wilder is right there with him. I think the job he has done. This they play such a a weird style of football with the overlapping centre halves that sometimes it it doesn't look the greatest, but other times it's actually really interesting to watch. And they're just so. they just they have heart. They have every everything you want from a promoted club the hard to beat everything they were they were really good this year and honestly i think they absolutely smashed all the expectations but um dave here's your third promoted club would you like to have a go at these ones as well
2: no sheffield united oh wow what a story to be honest um they just i I don't think even Sheffield United fans in their wildest dreams would have thought that, that they could wild I'm glad one of you said it after I've already had enough gas in this what will be two episodes. So I'll lay off things like that. I just think, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a shame they weren't great after the restart, but I think the season as a whole, it's not really one thing I can look at and criticise them for. Mm. They came up with a team that I remember looking at players they'd signed initially and I was, I was worried for them as I think most people were, Um, especially given that they came up through the playoffs as well. Um, No, they didn't. Oh no, they were second, weren't they? They Second. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, Villa won the playoffs against Brom.
0: Derby. Derby. <laughs> Jesus
2: Christ! Mate, I was let's just say I didn't watch much I didn't watch much Are football. REFL expert, everyone. I, I didn't watch Are much EFL football EFL. that year before, to be fair. You, um,
0: this is Dave's first year watching football, actually.
2: It's not, but I didn't see like anything of the season before other than the Champions League. Um anyway, after that side note, um I just the players he signed just pretty much all of them have just ended up complementing his system. I I I don't think I can remember any team other than maybe like Wigan in 06, who came top oh, for oh. the first season, who came up with a style to play and somehow only managed to add to it and managed to make it work against top top teams they Just, never like what you see from a lot of teams when they come up is they'll play try and play nice football against other teams but they play top six and they park the bus this team played the same football against anyone and i think it takes a lot of balls to do that and chris Wilder, as much as i'd get everyone saying clock if he's not manager of the year i think it's a big injustice he's he
0: was he wasn't worked LM, the LMA man <laughs> the LMA have given it to Jurgen Klopp.
1: Yeah, that was yesterday. I think it's okay. Course, it's yeah.
0: okay because Chris Wilder won it last year. Um, um, yeah, A, absolutely. Just yeah, a
2: absolutely. Team.
0: just a brilliant team. If we could give them an A plus, they'd be an A plus. Yeah,
2: A. So totally points, agree.
0: So s- we move on to Southampton, the Saints, an absolutely fascinating team. Southampton and they've had a really interesting season however it has been they've been led by an absolutely sterling performance from Danny Ings who is one of Dave's favourites so I know we've had a very we're having a very Dave heavy episode but you just you just gotta let him go on these things people Dave take it away Danny Ings oh can it? Can you name a better signing this season
2: no 20 million 22 <laughs> Premier League goals to so put into context there, um, the new Firmino cost £20 million per Premier League goal. Danny Ings, less than a million per goal.
0: Just just to put this into context, um, Joel Linton, I th- believe, did score as many Premier League goals at home as the actual Firmino did this season. So perhaps Mike was just predicting how poor goals right. goal scoring record would be. Shh. Who knows? Anyway, back to Southampton. Dave, um, what's impressed you, other than Danny Ings' outrageous season, what about Southampton has impressed you most?
2: I'd say their resilience. They were, again, absolutely tanked at the start of the season. When they lost 9-0 mm. to, to Leicester, God, I, I saw them and I was just like, how do they come back from this? How does the manager get through this? How does he even really keep his job? obviously they saw what he was capable of and they knew that he was going to turn it around in terms of, I still can't believe that they've managed to come back and finish 11th in the first 12 games. They'd only won two games. They were on, they were on eight points from the first
0: 12. Um, Braz, I suppose that is, I suppose that is a, a point to be honest that, how many times do you see a team lose that badly, have a start like that, and then fully back the manager? And obviously, he, it's come good. Like They play a, a really nice, high-pressing style, which everyone seems to have taken to beautifully. I mean, what? how good a job is he doing there, Hassan Huddle? Yeah,
1: a very, very good job. Um, yeah, I think I, like most people, thought after that, that result, I know the Southampton fans won't want to hear it again, but about that game. Um, but it seemed like it was going to be hard. The dress, maybe the dressing room had gone, and they just down tools like they did in that game. But it's totally turned them around as a team. And I, I look at a fixture against Southampton these days and think that is that's a really tough, tough game. Tough, yeah. Really tough game. I know they only finished eleventh, but I imagine their form—if they hadn't started the season like they did—they would have been comfortably top half. Um, I think it was—it was good from the Southampton board to stick with him. They obviously knew they had someone good. I'm—I'm I'm amazed he left Leipzig for Southampton. Not that that's a knock on Southampton. I just think mm. that—that was—I thought that I've always found that interesting, um, but. Yeah, fair play to him. They they stuck with him. Fair play to him, and fair play to all the players because they've they've got stuck in ever since that as
0: well. Yeah, he's done a really good job um, in terms of player development there. Like you look at a player like James Ward-Prowse, um, creative, always been James Ward-Prowse. When you hear about him, everyone everyone of our age will always think, "Oh, he was unbelievable in Football Manager, could take a mean corner," and that to a lot of him has always been what he is. But he, this season in particular. He's matured into a really nice player, and it's not just him. You're looking at like Kyle Walker Peters on loan from Tottenham. They've he's matured into a really good player, and you've seen what he's done to Danny Ings's form. Janapeo as well. Janapeo and me. I think Obafemi as well is really another young player they've got. Um, you'd probably suggest that they're going to lose Hoyberg to Everton. It's his big move. Deary fucking me. So um, to
2: Spurs as well, but I don't know if you will go to Spurs. Say,
0: yeah, if you hold out for your big moves have being Everton or Spurs, you might as well just stop playing football and play tag rugby. Um, <laughs> I, but you would say to Southampton that they are not far off gate-crashing that, um, that Wolves, Sheffield United, Burnley, that little section where you're comfortably mid-table and you're thinking about, in a good season we can... With the right additions, we might be able to push for the the last Europa League spot, for example. Which,
1: if a, if a couple of their signings work out over yep. the summer, yeah, they've got they've got a chance. They really Yeah,
0: are. their only worry is regression from Danny Ings, which is probably normal. But um, no, fantastic season. Um, I guess we need to talk about expectations. Where did you see Southampton before the season? I thought fourteenth.
1: Yeah, I think. Yeah, somewhere in that sort of range, like mid to bottom, bottom half somewhere. Yeah. So, it, so, it, so they've beaten that. And to be honest, I think they're a much better team than where they actually finished.
0: Yeah. um, Got a nice style too. I I'm, I feel like Southampton are a, a B, to be honest. Yeah, I'd say a B too. Wild when you consider how bad they were at the start.
1: Yeah, I've got a B also. I, I think that's actually turned into a, a pretty, pretty good season for them. Okay. And there's a lot to be positive about down there.
0: Yeah. Now. <laughs> we move to Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. Um, worry were you when we did this in January? Um, Brez, have you seen significant progress from Mourinho Spurs to to move off at you? Uh.
1: Yeah, uh, in a way, also not in a way.
0: Go on, talk me through it. Uh,
1: so, yeah, yes, in that they've started picking up points, which they weren't really doing very well before, which tends to be what Jose does. Um, no, in a sense that they're, they're still rubbish. <laughs> they're still not very good, I, I don't think. Uh, but Jose does what he does, and they're somehow end up with European football from where they were which looked a hell of a long way off uh, when we did this pod before.
2: Dave? Yeah I mean I think it's, it's poor season but since the, the mid-season they've really turned it around to go from 14th to 6th mm. um, not particularly enjoyed how Mourinho's had them playing at times, but it's obviously got got results to an extent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, revisiting it, given we gave, I'm pretty sure we gave them a the U. Oh, we did. Yeah. It definitely, I mean, only making Europa League isn't exactly a success for Spurs, but it's it's definitely called something back from what looked like only being a totally abysmal season.
0: I think, anyway. Right. So, Tottenham. I just want the context for Tottenham. Tottenham, I know, have had a season that's weird where they have lost Kane, they've lost Ali, they've lost Son to a couple of reckless challenges at points during the season. Um, with all that being said, we're talking about the champ- last year's Champions League finalists, and I know their domestic form fell off a cliff, but they sacked their best-ever manager in the middle of the season on a bad run of form. They um they lost some players in Ebb, in um Erickson. They were dreadful to watch all season. Um, I thought they were. I thought looking at the squad, I thought they clearly had the third or fourth best squad in the league and should be comfortably in the Champions League spots. I think they've fallen short of every every reasonable thing you could have expected for them. And although they've ended up sixth with European football, I don't think they've drastically improved. I I think they've got they've got into that by virtue of them just picking up a few points here and there, whereas some of the other teams have collapsed around them. I can't I think given the expectations for them, given how the season panned out and how bad they were, I still think it's a year. I mean you guys can you guys you guys might think it's an E, but we're talking about the people who've the Champions League semi finalist last year. This is the first season in five years where they're outside the top four and it was a transition season for United and Chelsea. It was a transition season for those two teams and they've still finished out the top four. That's a sh- that's a shocking result to a season. Shocking. I would, I would argue that it's an E. But, I mean, they, they spent a ton of money in the summer as well. They bought... In the, I don't... They offered nothing all season, and their expectate. My expectations of Tottenham were minimum fourth. minimum, and they're sixth, and they were seven points off in a bad year.
1: Yeah, I've I've got an E. I I think I don't think they're good at all either. Um, they really this was a, a good chance to capitalise, like you said, on Man United and Chelsea in transition. Uh, Arsenal, not probably not going to be very good. You, it's a great chance to get in the top four again, which they've blown by Christmas. Um, the only reason I've given them a, a better grade than before is just because they have actually started picking up some points under Mourinho. But going into next season, I don't have much positive things to say about Tottenham. If you stick with Jose, it's going to be just turgid football, yeah. Again, it's going I... to be dreadful to watch. He's probably not going to make the best of Harry Kane.
0: I think like, they'll be better next year. I think if he gets in a couple of signings, I think they'll be better next year and they'll be back to challenge for to the
1: top four. But is Levy really going to spend for Jose?
0: I don't know. They also
2: have the ground to pay off. Yeah,
0: they I had don't know. To take
2: a loan. They had to take a loan from the Bank of England, which isn't hard on players. So I think maybe they've got some financial issues and. Surely, paying off the ground is their priority. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see think them
1: necessarily got any issues. That it, it, it just makes sense to take that loan, especially I can, given the rate. Yeah, I,
2: I can only see them spending really if they
0: from money they generate from selling players. I really don't understand where a team like Tottenham gets off building a stadium that big, like, tiny <laughs> club. Um, okay, Tony, e. yeah, I, 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 th- I, th- I think that's I think that's kind. Um, Oh, I just stick there. So I think they would this is I think if you're a Spurs fan, you would be so, so disappointed with this season. But then well, yeah, again,
1: it's ended with Jose in charge.
0: Well you'd just be disappointed by other results, but then again you're you're a Spurs fan, so you're used to living with eternal disappointment. Um speaking of <laughs> eternal disappointments, let's talk about Watford, who finished nineteenth with thirty-four points, went down on the final day of the season, they had four managers. Um Total carnage behind the scenes, as you've said, Mike. Um, I think the grade we give them is that of an ostrich. Because <laughs> they <laughs> are an ostrich.
1: Their head is in the sand. Potso has his head firmly in the sand.
0: I, I don't he really, blames the players. I don't know where to begin with Watford. So I'm going to let someone else try. Which one of you two want to take the seat? I'll
2: step up. I...
0: <sighs> I'll step up
2: and then stop. I, no, I didn't expect them to exactly set the world alight, but I didn't think they would go down. I thought they'd, I thought they'd finish probably thirteenth to fifteenth. I would say. Like looking at their score, it's it's not horrendous, especially compared to other teams down there. But what the hell were the owners doing? What I just. What were they what were they thinking? I just can't get my head around it. To have Hayden Mullins in charge twice at a part of a season. So, and three permanent managers who all got sacked. I uh, just what what were they what were they doing? Did he have a bad did he have like a, a day where he got angry? So he just sacked a manager?
0: So oh. um we when we did this last time, we were not kind to Watford. I can't I don't think it was we a were, We weren't necessarily we, were, we were not kind. Um, and then but Pearson had just been appointed. So and there was a serious upturn in results when Pearson was appointed. And it looked for a long time like Watford were gonna be really safe. And then results took a bit of another turn, disagreements over internal things. I think Pearson the Pozzos wanted him to be playing the the younger players a bit more um I I honestly think Watford were bad Watford in terms of your expectations and whether or not that makes the final grade worse my expectations for Watford were to be in a relegation battle but to not actually be in in the relegation zone on the last day not to be relegated um Brez for you is how are we talking about this season do you Disappointment, obviously. How bad a disappointment?
1: I think this is really bad, given the squad they have. Um, There's a lot of good, good players in there, in my opinion. Um, They stuck, weirdly for the Potts, they stuck with Javi Gracia after... It was him who started the season, wasn't it, I think? Yeah. After the the, uh, FA Cup final, where they got absolutely battered by City last season. Gave him a couple of games, didn't go very well, sack him. Then you bring back uh, Sanchez Flores. Son of I shoe,
2: Laurie.
1: I don't like the idea of bringing back a manager you've already sacked at all.
0: No, me neither.
1: So that was never going to work. It didn't work. Surprise, surprise. Then you, you've got Hayden Mullins for a couple of games. Then you bring in Nigel Pearson who has a track record of keeping teams up, which Which, seems to make sense.
0: Which looked, at the time, like they'd pulled off a masterstroke.
1: Yeah, it did. And to be fair, quite often they have managed to get a bounce from sacking a manager. Um, So, yeah, he'd obviously turned it around. It looked like they were safe. Then they got dragged back into it because they were playing a lot worse again. Sack him with two games to go uh, against Arsenal and Man City, which are a really tough set of fixtures. Pearson may well have not got any more points, but I feel like you've got to give him the chance.
0: He'd have beaten Arsenal. Um,
1: He'd have beaten Arsenal. I just he got at least, he at least wouldn't have been three-two down, three-nil down. Sorry. <laughs> I
0: just feel he would have beaten them. Um, um, what but
1: overall dreadful season, in my opinion? They should have been really where where Brighton finished, pretty just about yeah. safe, fairly comfortably safe. I think that's it. They-, they were going to be down there, but I think they should have been. A couple of wins ahead.
0: Yeah, they were embarrassing on the pitch, and they were. He, and they somehow managed to be more embarrassing off it. There's one. There's two good Watford things this season. Danny Welbeck's over a kick, and them somehow beating Liverpool three nil, which I can't believe. Yeah,
1: what happened like. there? Yeah,
0: I can't believe they did that. And that, if anything, that Liverpool should have the title strip. that. let's be honest. <laughs> Actually,
1: what, Watford might get an extra
0: extra point for that yeah um Jesus i think there are you what think are yeah
1: you.
2: just look watford didn't win until the 12th game of the season
0: they were shocking at the start pearson almost dragged them out of it and then i think you have to take into account what they did off the field as well as on the field and it was just total totally they lost six totally of the last eight games wow they were de- like even if, sacking pearson after he gave you a chance is embarrassing i don't know yeah. what- I don't know why any manager would go work for Watford. I don't know why anyone anyone would. Ridiculous. Um,
1: I've I've got a year. It might be an E just because they beat Liverpool. I I'm going ye.
0: Yeah, I'm going nine
2: points from sixteen games, and someone has you pretty much safe, and you sack them. There's you you can't defend that, Mike.
0: You can't. Uh, and to tell you who also couldn't defend Watford. Um, quickly moving on to the next team. Um, who are also just. I'm going to foreshadow of you here. A massive disappointment. Gam- West Ham Gammon FC. Gammon FC. Come <laughs> on then, Dave. Would you like to tell us tell us why West Ham was so disappointing this year? Well,
2: they've they've sort of signed some pretty good players, really, in the last couple of years, and Haller looked to be an excellent addition. Yeah, I thought of Haller with like Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko, fully fit Lanzini, Yarmolenko, a fit Jack Wilshire. fit Jack Wilshire. Declan Rice, Rice of course, yeah,
1: um, Antonio,
2: yeah. yeah, Antonio Snodgrass, gotta say Snodgrass, have not you? Um, anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> it Thanks, looked, Zach. Keep look, going, keep going. They, no, they look like they might, they might have it together. Obviously, the lost on Maltevic, huge player to try and replace. Yeah. But in getting Haller, it looks, it's a bit of a coop, really. Like one of the best strikers in Europe that season before. What now? This, Did this you want me I... to say key?
0: Is he keeping the chickens in there? Oh, fine. It's
2: a coup then, isn't it? You see, I wouldn't say coo, but some people say coop well. And who? Who? That? who? Some of my uni lecturers, to be honest, used to call them coops. Mrs. Tweedy from Chicken Run.
0: <laughs> 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 okay, it's late today. Uh, uh, all right. By the
2: way, they played, you thought Mrs. Tweedy was at the bloody back, well, to be
0: honest. <laughs> so. They sacked Pellegrini this season, replaced him with David Moyes, which is uh, all the automatic sign that you thought you were going to be better than oh, you Hold had. on.
2: Sorry. <laughs> I just realised they gave Roberto, the goalkeeper, a contract and kept him as professional footballer. You move on. Worst yeah. keeper I've ever seen. That's that, Dad.
0: <laughs> you, off right. we go to Wolves. Mike, Mike um, for West Ham, you look at that squad and you think... They should be doing what Southampton did, which is breaking into that bubble, don't you? And they just failed massively. What was the most disappointing part of the season for you, for them?
1: Uh, Probably exactly what you just said. They they just did what West Ham do. They get your hopes up. They build a squad that looks like it's going to be good. And then they're just terrible. Year after year after year, they buy players that look like they're going to be good. And they just are not at all what you think they're going to be. Um, yeah Sac Pellegrini bringing Moyes who who just wins you know
2: it's what he does he's
1: yeah, that is what he does so, I can't
0: believe he said that still
1: I, I still I'm amazed at that co- press conference what a hero
0: <laughs> he's a joke um, just quickly uh,
1: I, I guess it's actually really what you sh- we should come to expect from West Ham this yeah but they still get your hopes up every time
0: I think, I can't remember who, I think it might have actually been my brother saying something intelligent for once, is we were sat there watching a West Ham game and he said, he said you look at the players on the bench and you think they should be challenging for Europa League. And then he said, he said, and the problem is they've bought a te- they've, they've built a team designed for challenging for the Europa League and they're actually in a relegation scrap and none of the players they have are actually built for a relegation scrap and are actually useful in a relegation scrap. Um, and, he, and he was like, "Well, that's just a massive. that's always going to be a problem you you have." And here's my thing for West Ham. They they, they massively underperformed this season. Like they should they should be they should be looking at eighth ninth, and they were sixteenth. And if Antonio hadn't turned into the second coming of Pele, they'd be down. Um, Dave? Yeah, I
2: we'll would just say as much as we're slaying them, uh, Moyes getting Suchak and Bowen to be honest were strokes of genius. Two signings he made in the window. Bowen was probably other than Antonio, they're the best player in the restart. Suchek was pretty solid. He managed to get Antonio to play. I to be honest, as much as i the optimism at the start of the season, I don't think many West Ham fans could be upset if Moyes is still in charge next season given a chance.
1: No, oh, they will be.
2: No, <laughs> they will be,
0: Mike, because they get upset when the gammons are up. <laughs> i don't know what he's on about that i think i think they should i think they should be upset
2: recording this late again because nah. my head has scrambled
0: <laughs> i think um for me west ham west ham could be an e or they could be a u and i wouldn't have a problem with either of them so it's up to you guys I'm e. go e. E. yeah
1: i've got an e for this one
0: um finally we come to wolves seventh with 59 points um sort of tailed off after the restart. But as we said, if they go all the way in the Europa League, their season will have been 13 months long. Not the biggest squad. They did brilliantly well to juggle Europa League football and being competitive in the Premier League. Um, and we haven't got, I don't feel like I've got turns to say it because we talked about how brilliant Wolves were a few podcasts ago, but this is just more of the same, is it not, Mike?
1: Yeah, pretty much. They're, they're a team that they know how to play well together. Every signing that they make seems to fit into the position they need them to and into the system. Obviously, you've got Jimenez up top, who scores goals. He's also pretty good on the ball. Trial yeah. really come out of his, his shell this year and started just destroying defenders. Mm. Um, Yota as well. They've got a good midfield. They're just well-balanced. Um, I like Espirito Santo a lot. They're just a, they're just a really good team, yeah. Well organised. They're they're really good. They are really good. It's another great season for them. It's a good time to be a Wolves fan.
0: Yeah, but um, going into expectations, we sort of expected this from Wolves, didn't we? I, I don't think I think they've done well this year. I don't think they're any better or worse than I expected them to be.
1: Yeah, um, I mean seventh is probably the the spot you would have given them at the start of the season, maybe.
0: But, yeah.
1: With Europa League this year, I think it's uh, yeah, it's probably slightly above.
0: So last year they were that makes
1: It a better performance last, than year, last they... year. I think.
0: Well, yeah, it is. It is. I agree. It is by two points. They've got two more points this year, but they're in the same position as they were. Um, they're um, they've been really good. Um, I'd, I think they're a B or a C. Like I I would give
2: them a B. Yeah, I I've, been, be. I've been impressed of how they've managed to uh, I know this is about the Premier League but just how they managed to actually manage all the extra games this season and still perform to around the same level and that personally I wasn't sure if they'd be able to do that so I thought they might finish below where they finished the season before but they've managed to match it
0: No, you are absolutely right now, bear with me, ladies and gentlemen, while I just double-check something. Um, so, here you go. What? 8 I've just counted. Eight teams, in our eyes, have performed above par this season. Eight teams have performed below par this season. And four have just performed okay.
1: No way. It's felt yeah. like quite a negative...
0: Yeah, well, well, like we've just done, but we've it has been, been, because I was there.
2: frothing about Norwich, Norwich for about an hour and a half. I
0: don't understand you can be that angry about Norwich when Aston Villa are in this league. Fucking garbage team. Mike was going to give them a C, and I don't want to revisit that, because I'll get <laughs> angry again. Give them a C. Breslin, you're, you're a joke. <laughs> right. That will do us for this week. Um, if you've made it through this podcast, and you made it through both the Villa and the Norwich rants... Um, well if you got through the Villa one and came back for a second week, um, <laughs> let me tell you right now uh, you need to find better things to do with your time <laughs> um, and we promise next week we'll try and discuss something more positive um, yeah that's that's because we're not having an episode next week oh, is that, a very we're good taking point. a week off apologies listeners we actually won't be here next week as um, we'll be busy planning for something big to come in the next few weeks Um but we will be back the week after with a brand new episode in which I promise, promise will be positive. However, if Chelsea sign Kepper to a new five-year contract, I will be still livid. And um, in that meantime, if you so you don't miss us too much, if you want to keep up with all of our takes, um, Dave, where can the lovely viewers find you?
2: Um, at Dave Harris underscore forty four
0: and dave if the lovely viewers want to buy an eddie Howe dartboard from you where can they do that um i haven't created the shop yet so don't have a link that's a callback to, to last week um mike for yourself if the people want to want to follow you to perhaps find out your more in-depth thoughts on all these teams and perhaps why certain teams might have underperformed in their recruitment or perhaps why they might have overperformed in their recruitment and their ability to buy air south american striker who might be be able to be compared to another south american striker um where can they follow you
1: yeah uh, at, at mikey bresley on twitter yeah
0: and if you want to follow me you can do so at Seventeen. but please don't please instead follow us at in and Around pod on all your socials and if you've got a question for the podcast please either send it to us there or email us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com and until next time thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon